Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, good evening, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America, where we gather together Christians and patriots from coast to coast and from other parts of the world to pray for our country and to pray for the strength to do what we need to do to save our country, to defend life, to promote the kingdom of God. And we have a special guest tonight. Sometimes we have uh, guests on our program, other times not. But I'm going to introduce her, and I think we'll introduce her uh, before we do the scripture and prayer so that she can join in with us on that. Uh, This is a young woman who is very active in the pro-life movement. And, you know, uh, last night we were talking about the Georgia runoff elections that are coming up on December 6th. Well, she is going to be part of that because she is a resident in Georgia. I was with her recently because I spoke there a few days before the general election and uh, to a group of uh, pro-life activists who were gathered together for a reason that she will explain to us because it's very much part of her work. Her name is Rachel Guy. She is a student of bioethics. She's pursuing a master's degree in that field from uh, Trinity International uh, University. And it really is uh, great to have her with us. We're going to learn a little bit more about what she's been doing in recent years. But uh, Rachel, welcome to the program. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And it's such an honor and blessing and privilege to be here with you tonight. And it was a great privilege to be together recently. That was one enthusiastic crowd that we had in uh, in Marietta, Georgia. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that after we pray. We'll start off with that so people can get a sense of your you know, your activism and your leadership there on a local level. And, uh, and then we'll talk about some of the, uh, some of the uh, challenges we face here today. But I wanted to go to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7 and read part of David's prayer as our opening scripture uh, tonight. So David prayed to the Lord, starting in verse 22, How great you are, O sovereign Lord! There is no one like you, and there is no God but you as we have heard with our own ears. And who is like your people Israel, the one nation on earth that God went out to redeem as a people for himself and to make a name for himself and to perform great and awesome wonders by driving out nations and their gods from before your people, whom you redeemed from Egypt. You have established your people Israel as your very own forever, and you, O Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord God, keep forever the promise you have made concerning your servant and his house. Do as you promised, so that your name will be great forever. Then men will say, the Lord God Almighty is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will be established before you. Let us pray. Lord, you have blessed the nation of Israel and you have blessed America. You raised up leadership in Israel. And Lord God, you have blessed us with leadership in America, in great presidents like Donald Trump. And Lord, at times your servants and your people have recognized such leadership and backed it up 
And at other times, Lord, your people have failed to choose the right kind of leadership for this great nation. And uh, when that happens, we suffer the consequences. We ask you, Lord, to bless the nation anew. You have been faithful to your promises. You will continue to be. And we ask that we may be faithful to our covenant with you in the blood and in the name of Jesus Christ, that we may serve you with full devotion, that we may defend life, that we may defend truth, that we may promote freedom. Bless us as we continue to serve you and give us wisdom to make the decisions that need to be made in the coming days and weeks as a people and as individuals. We pray in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. Okay, so Rachel, we were together recently. Tell us what brought us together there in Marietta, because it was an event that you helped to organize. Yes, great question. Yes. So, um, um, and I just want to say thank you so much for you and for Matt Britton for coming to the event. So the event was the 40 Days for Life End of the Fall Campaign um, kickoff. And what 40 Days for Life is, is it's this incredible grassroots organization that gathers a local community to stand outside of a local abortion clinic to be a peaceful, prayerful presence and to pray. Um, um, and so this kickoff, this um, this like end of the fall kickoff event was really just a time to want to thank every single one of our incredible faithful volunteers who are truly, truly like family. Um, at the 40 Days for Life team. Um, and it was also a time just to want to um, bring you and bring Matt Britton in, um, who he is, who he works at headquarters at 40 Days for Life, to really just encourage the team, just even more so just energize the team, and also to celebrate just what the Lord did during the fall campaign. Um, and there were around, I would say, over 100 people that attended. Um, and it, it was honestly, oh my gosh, just thanks to the Lord and thanks to you and thanks to Matt, thanks to everyone that attended. Such an extraordinary, God-glorifying, encouraging, um, energizing event in time. Now, you are um, spending a lot of your time, and you have over the years, in the pro-life movement. What led you initially? Do you have like a personal story related to this whole issue that got you motivated to defend the lives of the children in the womb? Yes, I absolutely do. Um, so my, and I've always known this story, um, aspects of it and um, um, just like bits and pieces of it that were appropriate to share at the age that I was. But three doctors insisted that my parents support me because these doctors believed um, <clears throat> that I must have a chromosomal abnormality not compatible with life. My parents said, even if our child does have a chromosomal abnormality not compatible with life, quote unquote, even if our child is blind and is deaf and does have mental struggles, our child has value. We want to fight for this baby. Um, and these doctors, these three physicians, um, they washed their hands of my life. They, they did not want to fight for me. One of the physicians, um, when my parents had shared with this doctor that they would not abort me, despite this doctor just really trying to convince my parents why they should, which is heartbreaking. 
when my dad said, we will not abort, what will you do to help us? This doctor said, in all my years of practice, every single parent that I've told to abort has. So all I can tell you to do is to go home, wait for your baby to die, and you will deliver a stillborn child. And my parents went home absolutely heartbroken that these doctors devalued my life, that these doctors devalued countless other children's lives. And they were heartbroken for these precious parents that they were not told the joy and the gift of choosing life and fighting for life for their baby. And <clears throat> long story short, the Lord, um, well, my parents had called my grandma and they asked her to pray. And of course, of course, they were always going to fight for me. Um, thank the Lord for that. Um, and my grandma, she, you know, she, she of course said that she would pray, but she also, she also asked a question. She said, is there a heartbeat? My parents said, yes, of course. My grandma said, if there's a heartbeat, there's hope. Mm. Amen. Now, of course, they were always going to fight for me. That was never in the question. But it was used to say, <clears throat> do not live like Rachel has already passed away, like the baby's already passed away. Keep living life as life is. Yeah. So they, um, they went to church that Sunday. And they spoke to a pro-life doctor at church, and the Lord um, used her mightily. She called my mother's primary OBGYN to see if he'd offer any tests. And this primary OBGYN said to this pro-life doctor, the only test he would offer my parents would be an autopsy. And the Lord, through this pro-life doctor, after realizing all three physicians washed their hands of my life, this pro-life doctor was used to get my mother and I into the hands of also doctors like her who fought for me. And I was born at one pound, two ounces at 26 weeks and in the NICU for five and a half months. And this story really, first and foremost, biblically, um, just as a Christian recognizing just throughout the word of God, just seeing the value and the sanctity of human life and the cherishing of life, um, <clears throat> of course, is my foundation. Um, really, as as to why I'm involved in the pro-life movement, but also that journey and that story. Um, and I would say a, a really a key time in my life when really what got me involved in the pro-life movement, that, that, that was kind of some of the backstory, but of course what led into it, but was when I was 14 years old, um, <clears throat> I had of course always known the story, but I just wanted to, I think looking back on it, I wanted to have it to be a part of my heart. Um, and so, you know, um, like I ended up reading one of the letters, um, was starting to read one of the letters that my mother had written to one of the doctors that told my parents to abort me. Um, and in this letter, you know, was just, of course, just encouraging this physician to cherish and to value life and to not say to abort. And I'll never forget that moment reading that letter under the Christmas lights. And what began was, um, and that was 10 years ago, and what began was the Lord, as clear as day, and I'm not saying audible, but the Lord very much so burdened my heart to write to the doctors who told my parents to abort me. And I didn't know how long the process would be. I didn't know what I would say, but I knew that God had burdened my heart and I prayed and as God is, God is faithful. And so five and a half months later, I write this note um, <clears throat> um, and then I ended up getting two handwritten responses back. Um, and what I shared with these physicians, I wanted them to know the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because I wanted to see 
them redeemed and them renewed and them being physicians that were transformed by the Lord Jesus Christ through the gospel, um, through the Lord, and to see them be doctors that fought for life, not, not, not took life. And I shared that I forgave them and I asked them to use their power to fight for life, not wow. to hurt. Um, and that letter, um, on top of also um, <clears throat> just literally just saying, um, just like a pro-life email in my email box, really was used to launch me um, just into the pro-life movement, just, just even more so to give me such a burden and a heart to just, just learn as much as I could, um, just about the abortion industry. Um, just about the rea reality of abortion. And ever since then, it um, I've truly been launched into the pro-life movement. And I would say it really started in December of 2012. Well, you uh, are, you know, you have witnessed to that on, on the media. You've been on some national television programs with your story. And you've, you've helped out also in pregnancy centers. Yes. Uh, we've talked a lot on this program to our audience about the great work that the pregnancy centers do. Uh, for those for, the, for those that are just joining us, we're talking with Rachel Guy from Georgia, and she is a pro-life activist, a student of bioethics, and a real leader. She has a beautiful testimony. So you said you were born at 26 weeks, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty early. Uh, that's yes, pretty early. Very early. early. Uh, and, and, but it goes to show uh, that with the um, medical technology we have today and with the will the will of those around you who were saying yes to life, uh, it quite, it, it's quite possible to not only survive, but thrive and live a healthy life as a, even when born that, that, that prematurely. Um, you also have done some work in Africa. Tell us about that. Yes, yes. Um, so I, oh my goodness, the Lord burdened my heart when I was around nine years old for the people of Africa. Um, and just as I got older, when I was around, I want to say 12 years old, the Lord burned in my heart for the people of Uganda. And I had a dream to want to be able to go to Uganda. I just loved the people. It was, it, it, I mean, it was just this God-given just burden. I mean, just truly, I just know, I just know of him. And the Lord was so faithful and extraordinary. And he opened up an opportunity for me to be able to go when I was, I want to say 16 years old. And, um, while I was on that trip, I was able to visit an extraordinary, extraordinary school um, that's now named Gateway Nursery and Primary School. Um, and this is a, a Christian, um, godly, incredible school that's run by local Ugandans. Um, um, and I mean, and it, it, and it was really just extraordinary just to get to meet the people, meet the leadership there. Um, and when I come back from the trip, the heads of the organization that I've gone with, 60 Feet, they had reached out to me and to my family, um, and they had asked um, if we would just be interested um, in just partnering alongside of this school because they're not self-sustained, um, just because of the broken government there in Uganda. Um, and honestly, when I received the email, like I, I thought to myself, I'm 16, like I don't know how to run a ministry, um, and it. And, and so honestly, when I first heard, you know, just them asking, I just laughed and I thought, no, like, no, 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 no. Like, you guys are crazy. No. But just through much prayer and counsel and people that I knew wouldn't, you know, um, just kind of like give a biased opinion, um, the Lord very much so made it clear um, 
you know, that I was to start this to start this ministry that I've named His Love and Sunshine to be able to partner with this school. Um, and and we're now running eight years, um, going strong. Um, we just started yeah. child sponsorship, and I've been to Uganda four other times. You know, it's wonderful. I think I, I think our, our audience um, will especially appreciate that a good work like this was something that you pursued from such a young age. You know, and 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 Scripture often talks about. We see some of the prophets. You know. Famous prof, a famous pastor from Jeremiah, you know, uh, where God says, "Don't say you're too young." You know, when God calls somebody for a mission, you know, age doesn't really uh, enter into it one way or the other. He calls the very old and he calls the very young. Uh, it's a matter of understanding what he's asking and doing it, having the courage to do it. So that's a great example of just responding at that young age. Let's talk about Georgia a little bit. You know, when I was with you recently and I spoke to the crowd there, it was just a couple of days before the election. In fact, it was the, the, the just the weekend before the election. And um, I said to them, I said, you know, the fate of the the fate of the nation may run through Georgia this time uh, once again. And sure enough, we have a runoff election coming on uh, December the sixth. Let's 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 talk. Staying on this topic of of the of the unborn for a moment, the babies in the womb. Um, I brought this up here on the program last night. You know, when Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock were uh, debating, the topic of abortion came up, and uh, Warnock said, "Oh, well, you know, there's no room for the government in that room there, where there's the mother and her doctor." <laughs> and uh, Herschel said, uh, "Well, you know." Don't forget, there's a baby in that room too, uh, and, and this is like the blind spot, isn't it? In so many of our of our politics, it's like, why can't we recognize there's another there's another person there, and 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 that and that we have to protect that person and elect people who are willing to protect that person. How do you see that 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 whole debate playing out there now in Georgia? Amen. What can I say? Thank you for every word of what you said, and. Honestly, I am I am so encouraged just and giddy just by the extraordinary um, just fired up hearts and souls, um, of course, um, just of all of our 40 Days for Life team members that were there at the kickoff. Um, um, and of course, like voting for Herschel Walker um, and and very much so just wanting to encourage other people to vote. But I will say, I am, I have hoped that Herschel Walker can win, yes. But I am concerned consistently because I feel like that even with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, that there always seems to be, sadly, a small group of the pro-life movement. It's not always the, um, the entire the entirety um, of the Christian community, um, and so my heart and my hope is that believers will really understand and see the personal beautiful responsibility that we have as believers. Yeah, you vote um, to stand up for the preborn children and to understand to not separate. <clears throat> I love Jesus, but I don't want to be involved politically. But really, seeing okay, let's get back to. What is the foundation of our country? It was based right. upon people who recognized that we need a country that is politically based in Christianity. Um, and so I just, 
my encouragement is for any believer in Georgia that's on the fence of saying, who do I vote for? Or do I, will, will the vote count? Is to say, we have a responsibility unto the Lord to vote, to vote for someone who loves the Lord, which is Herschel Walker, and to be that voice truly for these preborn babies, because it's it's not just a saying, it's it's recognizing these children cannot vote. So we have to vote for them. We have to be that voice for them. So I am concerned, but I'm also hopeful that if the believers um, just as a whole um, in Georgia understand the responsibility as Christians, I 100% believe that Herschel Walker will win. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You know, and, and the young vote is very important. Um, uh, you know, in the age group that you're in, you know, so many people are, um, uh, they are coming out to vote, uh, but we need to make sure that they're coming out as informed voters and not being led away. You know, scripture talks about it, doesn't it, being led away by various false doctrines and, 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 and very often those false ideas come across in, um, in, on social media or, uh, you know, in whatever, uh, circles, uh, people are, uh, are uh, immersing themselves in, but we've got to stay rooted in the word, uh, like you're saying, rooted in our faith and rooted in the understanding of our nation. We have responsibility for this nation. Um, the people that you help to lead, uh, I'm sure, are going to be part of this victory. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, we just have to, in these last days, you know, I've been encouraging people. You know, the early voting is going to start the end of November, around the 27th, 28th, and use all those days as November finishes. We go into December and approach the, the 6th uh, to get as many other people as possible uh, activated, encouraged, and involved in that, uh, that pro-life voting. Yes. Uh, you know, um, bioethics, um, finally, I just wanted to have you say a word about that field, because you're you're studying that field right now, and um, how would you summarize what bioethics is and why it's so important nowadays? Great question. So I would say, in summary, bioethics is looking at how do we treat the human person. It's looking at ethical topics such as IVF, euthanasia, assisted suicide. And it's looking at it and saying, is it ethical or is it not ethical um, to allow someone to be euthanized? Um, is it ethical? Is it not ethical to do IVF? Um, and, and, and so it's really looking at, um, it's really looking at um, just these different, quote, ethical hot topics um, or controversial topics, not hot topics, controversial topics and saying, and, and really just looking at it and saying, is this acceptable to do? Is this not? Um, like, that's just like the general. Um, and heartbreakingly, there are ethicists who are strongly pro-abortion, who are strongly anti-life. Um, so yeah. they're not a true ethicist. Um, and, um, and also to your question, why is it, um, important, Oh my goodness! In this in this day and age, I would say it is absolutely important um, to see to see more bioethicists and to see Christian and pro life bioethicists 
because you're discussing the topics um, really that are based that that are that are the topics of life. Um, and it's not just IVF, you know, like like it can it it can be talking about the ethics of abortion or not. Um, yeah. And I think just it's it's again, we want to see ethicists, we want to see a medical community that is founded on the principles of valuing life and of cherishing life from fertilization to natural death. And it's it's really recognizing when you have that foundation, when you have that understanding, then you can't justify euthanasia. You can't justify ideophysis to suicide because each of those um, um, are, are categories and are ways of preemptively taking life. Um, um, and like regarding the IVF topic, like just meaning that there are unethical aspects in IVF, such as PGD testing, cloning, chimeras, etc. A lot of lot of things that are uh, <laughs> with the advance of science, you know, keeping up the question of what can we do uh, with the question of ought we do it, and the one doesn't answer the other. Um, that's why bioethics is so needed. So. Um, so thanks, Rachel. Uh, this is how can people read you? You have a special website, don't you? Yes, yes. So you can go on to rachelmaryprolifespeaker.com. Rachelmaryprolifespeaker.com. Thank you so much, Father Pavone. Um, again, and, and thank you so much for doing this show and for just encouraging us as believers to stand strong and to truly do our part as Christians. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And uh, would you like to uh, lead us in a little prayer as we conclude? If you want to lead a little prayer, yes. and I'll uh, then I'll lead us in the Lord's Prayer, and we'll conclude the show. Wonderful. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for who you are. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bless Father Pavone and every single person that works at Priest for Life. I thank you, Lord, for their love for you, for their love for these preborn children and naturally understanding that when we love you, we love the voiceless. I pray, Lord Jesus, for every single person that is watching this program, Lord, that you would bless them, that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them in the fight. Lord Jesus, as we fight for these babies, as we stand for these precious mothers. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would do a miracle and that you would encourage the body of Christ in Georgia specifically to stand up and to vote for Herschel Walker and we could see baby saved. Amen. Amen. And let's gather together, friends, all the prayers mm -hmm. and petitions and all the needs of all of you who are watching and offer the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, friends. Thanks again, Rachel. And thank, thank you, you all, brothers and sisters, for joining us from around the country, around the world. Uh, and remember, as President Trump tells us, we belong to the greatest political movement in American history. And this country does not belong to those who are trying to destroy it. It belongs to us. Let's move forward with confidence, friends, that the greatest days of America are yet to come. 
Please connect with me on social media at FR Frank Pavone on Getter and Truth Social and all the main platforms. FR Frank Pavone. And uh, have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.